today we are looking at 1 John 4, 9 to 11. Here it is. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I feel like this is pretty much the Christian mantra. So if you don't get around to reading the rest of the Bible, just read this verse. It's also like the equivalent of playing Fair Elise at a piano concert. Hopefully we get something new from it this evening. Um, To me, the scripture tells a story of one of the core concepts of our Christian faith, which is God's love for us. The scripture tells us first that God showed his love through his son and the crucifixion so that we could then know what God's love looks like and then go and enact it ourselves. And I guess this is, this is important because if we don't have some understanding of how God loves or what his love looks like, we miss the essence of the gospel. We lose what Jesus has to offer a hurting, dysfunctional world. Without it, there is no good news to share. And God was pretty onto it. He knew that if he just said, trust me guys, I love you more than you can imagine, just take my word for it, that it wasn't going to quite do the job. But instead, God gives us the greatest love story of all time, Jesus coming to earth and living among us, containing the greatest act of love of all time, the crucifixion. As it says in the verse, God showed his love among us by sending his son. And that leads us to the first point for this talk, love must be enacted. God didn't just say it, or think it, or feel it. We, we all know from our own experience that words feel empty if they're not backed up by action. Love must be enacted. And one beautiful story of how it was enacted, of how the love of God was enacted, is in the life of one of my heroes, Pastor Son Young Wan. Pastor Son grew up at the beginning of the 20th century during the Japanese annex of South Korea in a time and place that was very difficult to be a Christian. He was beaten at primary school for refusing to bow to the Japanese emperor and saying that um, God was the one and only Lord. In 1938, he became a pastor and school principal and had constant brushes with the law, even going to prison for preaching that all power belongs to God and not to the Japanese state. Perhaps the most pivotal moment of his life was after the war, the Second World War had finished, when the Japanese had been kicked out of Korea. The Soviets entered from the north, attempting to spread communism, inciting riots all over the country. In one such riot, a young man named Chai Sun broke into the pastor's house and killed two of his five children. When he was caught, Chai Sun was handed over to Pastor Son, who, as an elder of the village, had complete jurisdiction over what would happen to the young man. But instead of killing Chai Sun, as would have been expected, or jailing him, um, Pastor Son chose to adopt him into his own family. And so Chai Sun took the place 
of the pastor's eldest son. Years later, Pastor Son was shot for refusing to leave his church under communist rule. Chai Sun became the new pastor and leader of the church congregation. This story gets me like few others. What a profound story of forgiveness, redemption, and love. Making the decision to adopt him wouldn't to adopt Chai Sun wouldn't have even been the hardest bit. Imagine waking up every morning to be reminded that you have lost two of your dear children and that in their place remains their killer. And this story has a lot to teach us about the love of God. The more I think about it, the more I see parallels that it holds with the ultimate story of love, the crucifixion. Chai Sun wronged Pastor Son in perhaps the most full-on way you can. He killed his sons, but then he invites him into his family. Likewise, God was wronged by humankind again and again and again, till eventually he sends his own son and we kill him. And yet, what does God do? In our killing of Jesus, the sins of humankind are atoned for. And God doesn't push us away. Instead, he draws us even closer and names us his sons and daughters. What if as Christians we could bring this love to a sad and hurting world? Whenever someone wronged us, we forgave and said, come, join our family. What would that do to our world? And that's an extremely vulnerable love. Extremely vulnerable. We continue to wrong God and he continues to love and leave himself open to us. We hit him again and again and again, and yet he allows us to live in his house and call us his children. And when you think about it like that, it's pretty hard to doubt God's love for us, right? The scary part is, though, that this is also how God calls us to love. We are to love vulnerably, just as past the son. We are to use the sacredness and vulnerability of our own home as a potent weapon of forgiveness and love. And as Scotty likes to say, God didn't throw a grace grenade from afar and said he was vulnerable and came and lived amongst us. And so we are also called not to love from a distance, not to love two or three days a week, but to love as God loves us. By loving as God loves, we do leave ourselves open to hurt. We will be wronged again and again. But if our love comes from God, we will be able to keep loving and keep forgiving. Because while the home is a vulnerable space, while it is challenging to keep loving others in that space, it is because it is vulnerable that the home can be the place of the greatest healing and transformation. I've had the privilege of welcoming others into my home and into my family. And while at times it has been difficult, what I have seen the power of God do in those spaces has been the single most important thing in the formation of, in my formation and in my faith. On a good day, it's what gets me up in the morning excited about the kingdom of God. And if there's one thing I can testify to, it's that God moves powerfully when you invite people into your home and into your family. 
It's because with family, you are vulnerable because your love is unconditional. Whatever they do, they are still family. Pastor Son didn't just forgive Chison, he called him his son. We continue to wrong God, and he calls us his sons and daughters. God has gone to great lengths to convince us that we are not expendable to him, and we cannot, cannot be separated from him. So, point one, love is enacted. Point two, God's love is vulnerable, and so we are also called to be vulnerable with our love. God's love calls us to let people into our home and into our family because first, God did it for us. And if we look at both the story of Pastor Son and the crucifixion, you'll notice things did not go to the script. When Chai Sun was handed over to Pastor Son, everyone expected the pastor to jail or kill him. Instead, he was met with incredible love and grace. We've heard many times that the kingdom of God is inherently at odds with the status quo, which is true. But what's really easy to do is then feel like there is only one right way to follow God wholeheartedly. At a place like Blueprint, we can fall into thinking that there is an ideal picture of the Jesus follower, perhaps um, someone who is a ragamuffin social justice warrior, rebelling against the system, who works only part-time um, to make space for the epic ministry. <laughs> but what, what I like about Pastor Son is that he was well-respected, went and studied at the seminary, and was in a position of social influence, and yet still radically broke the script because of the call of Jesus in his context. And I want us to get out of the headspace of, this is how my life must look if I'm to be seen as a true Jesus follower. You don't have to be working for zeal, for the free store, to be in a chapter. You can be faithful, you can faithfully follow Jesus in any context. But here's the catch. No matter where we are, what context we're in, what our job is, Jesus always challenges us to break the script. That's because if we are truly following the way of Jesus, we will always come into conflict with the way of the world. God sent his son Jesus to come as the Messiah, and the people thought he would overthrow the Roman Empire. Instead, he rides on a donkey and gets himself crucified. This is the way of God's love. This is the way of the cross. We are to be the plot twist in the narratives of oppression, despair, and violence, and bring God's loving justice. I would really encourage everyone here to think what that means for you in your own context. Where is the injustice? Where are people being overlooked? Where are people being downtrodden in your own workplaces and day-to-day lives? Because God's love needs to be brought in the law firms, in the advertising industry, in government agencies, in schools. It doesn't matter where we are, we are called to break the script. These spaces are not less important, less radical spaces to bring the love of God. Um, The revolution doesn't often happen on the big stage in front of the cameras. It happens in the quiet of our day-to-day lives. And it isn't going to be safe. And we have to come to terms with that. We all have to be prepared to love vulnerably and to be humiliated just as Jesus was on the cross. 
But let's also have faith that it will actually turn the world upside down, eh? Even just for one person, that would be worth it. Pastor Son's act of love sent ripples throughout Korea, but most significantly, of course, he turned Chai Sun's life upside down. In the same way, we have to have faith that when we step out and break the script, God's kingdom will come just a little bit more. And that it might change the world, even if just for one person. So point one, love is enacted. Point two, God calls us to love vulnerably. Point three, God calls us to break the script, whatever our context. And in closing, I would really like people to reflect on one, where God might be encouraging you to love more vulnerably and invite people into your home. And two, to reflect on what breaking the script and bringing the love of God might look like in your context. And if anyone feels like either of those challenges strike a chord for them, please feel free to ask for prayer over at the cross. There will be people who are up for that. And all this because God did it for us first. Let us pray. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Speak to us tonight, Lord, that we may hear your voice and accept your challenge. Come Holy Spirit.